You are very precious to me. You know, I'm speaking to you as a friend. And that is why you don't see any congregation around me. It's very personal. And I want you to please take these things very seriously because I want to meet you in heaven. I've asked God to help me to make a better choice so I can be in heaven. Let me repeat the slogan I learned from the pastor. Know what you believe. Know why you believe what you believe. And know where it is found in the Bible. I've told you the five lies of Satan, so be very careful. Here is another one. Once saved, forever saved. Be very careful. Satan is smart. He's wiser than Daniel, the Bible says. Father, I need you than ever before. Touch my lips and help me to articulate. May your children not hear my voice. May they hear the sweet voice of Jesus Christ. It's my honest prayer. Bless my listeners and help the Holy Spirit to translate this message into their hearts. Grant that millions will be prepared for your soon coming. I am praying in the holy name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Once saved, forever saved. Has the loving God predestined some people to be saved and others to be lost? Are we saved whether we like it or not? If so, then what is the meaning of John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is not choosing. In John chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible tells me that it's, not, it's purely by choice. It is not God selecting you. It is your choice that selects you for God. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name. God will not force you to receive Jesus. He will not force you to believe in Jesus. It's a free choice. It's by your willpower. If so, why did Joshua, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, make this special appeal even to the nation of Israel? Let me read to you. Joshua. Joshua. Chapter 15, verse 24. Joshua, chapter 15, verse 24. When he was just about to die, this is the appeal he made to the nation before he died. And this appeal tells me that it is purely by choice. Joshua 15. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Pardon me. Joshua 24, verse 15. Let me read from verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which were your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in, the, in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we have made a choice. We will serve the Lord. So if that is true, once saved, forever saved, why did he make this choice? If the Holy Spirit has been saved, why this choice? Why this appeal? Salvation has three phases. And all who will be in the kingdom of God of righteousness, in the kingdom of righteousness, will have to go through all three phases. Phase one is the justification. That is pardon for sin. 
and freedom from the punishment of sin. That is for everybody. Jesus has died. So when you believe in him, your sins are forgiven you. And the punishment you are to suffer for your sins have been paid for by Jesus Christ. The second phase is called sanctification. That is where you come in. That is where I come in. God gives you the opportunity. He gives you the Holy Spirit to make you holy. But your choices will determine. It is deliverance from the power of sin. Romans 6.14 Therefore sin shall no more reign over you. So Satan, his power, Satan's power of sin has been broken. The third phase is the glorification. The day Jesus will come, John 14, 1 to 3. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Justification is by choice. Sanctification is by choice. Glorification is not by choice. That is God's choice. Because he has to know who is ready to go to heaven. We are going to be with God where there will be no more sin, no more pain, no sorrow, no light. No night, no crying. Because there will be no more death. The former things are all passed away. The doctrine of predestination was mainly theologized by Calvin, one of the great reformers. When I went to Switzerland, I went to his cathedral. I stood by the very pulpit he preached this sermon. And these are his five theological propositions. Listen very carefully. Number one, total depravity. Which simply means we have all sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. Perfect. It is true. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is very true. Perfect. Number two. Unconditional election. Which means God chooses those he wants to save. No, this is a problem. This is not biblical at all. Because John 3.16 negates it. For God so loved the world that he gave that whosoever, whosoever believeth. So unconditional election is not biblical. Don't believe that. Calvin didn't have all the light about salvation. God revealed some to them, and then he left the rest for us to discover as we read the Bible. Number three, limited atonement, which means that only those who are atoned only those who are atoned are those who are chosen. The rest are not. This is not biblical well as well because the word of God says in Hebrews 7.25 He's able to save to the utmost anybody who comes to him. He says, Jesus said, anybody who comes to me, I will in no wise cast away. The fourth one is irresistible grace. Which means we have nothing to do. This is serious. We have nothing to do about our salvation. No part to play in our salvation. I can drink, I can smoke. Once I call the name of Jesus, I have nothing to do, nothing to stop. It doesn't affect me in any way. I can dress anyhow, sleep with any man, sleep with any woman, do anything I want to do. The Ten Commandments is not necessary. This is not true. This is not biblical either because the Bible says, 
clearly in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Listen to what Paul said. The great preacher of righteousness and grace. Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, who does the obedience for you? You have to obey. You have to be willing to be willing to keep the commandments of God. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out. Wow. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So how can you say this is irresistible grace? Paul says work out your own salvation. Do something about your salvation. Otherwise you will lose it. Why? Because there is a great controversy between God and Satan. There are two forces trying to get you. And if you want to set sail, Satan, excuse me, Satan will steal you. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14. Listen to this caution. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace. Huh? Follow peace with your wife, with your friends, your co-workers. Follow peace with all men. And live a holy life without which no man shall see the Lord. It's clear. This is the word of God. Follow peace with all men. You are not talking to your wife for a week and you say, I'm saved. There is somebody you hate, you wish him dead. And you say, I'm saved because I go to church. This is not true. Irresistible grace is not biblical. The last one. Those saved cannot be lost. Uh -huh, I have a problem here too. This is where the doctrine of one saved forever saved came from. It is very unbiblical. Those saved can never be lost. Are you sure? Are you sure of that? What about Revelation chapter 3 verse 11? Listen to what the Bible says. And Jesus was writing to his churches. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. That is the truth. That no man take thy crown. It is possible to lose. I can lose my salvation. Hold it fast, Jesus says. For many are called, but few will be chosen. Listen to Peter putting it in another way. First Peter. First Peter chapter 4, verses 17, 15 to 18. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in this behalf. And you have accepted Jesus. But because of suffering, you have deserted him. And you still want him to save you? It doesn't work. Now listen to verse 17. For the time is come that judgment must begin in the house of God. In other words, all believers are going to be judged. And if, if it first began at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? 18. And if the righteous scarcely, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? Which means some righteous people will perish. 
We do have a part to play. The Bible is clear. Whosoever believeth. First, we have a choice to make. Romans chapter 8. Listen to this text. Beautiful text. Listen to Paul here. Romans chapter 8. I'm reading verse 26, 28 down. We know that God will make all things work out for our eventual good. As long as we trust, listen to the English, as long as we trust him and remain true to the purpose for which he called us. Verse 30, God has predestined those who believe in him to be like his son. This is where the predestination comes in. God wants me to be like his son Jesus in character. So he gives us all the help we need. Therefore, whoever responds to God's call and believes in his son, he justifies. And those whom he justifies, he intends to glorify. Hallelujah. That is what Paul says. Romans 8, 28 to 30, I read from the clear word. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, listen to what Peter said. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. When the people heard a sermon, and these were Jews, they were pricked in their heart, and they said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is not by force. It's a choice. You have to choose whether you want to change your mind and follow God. God has given us grace for all, but it is up to the individual to accept it or reject it. Secondly, we have the choice to love God and obey him, or we have the choice to disobey God. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. We have the choice. One saved forever saved is never true. Romans 6, 16, 6, 1. Know ye not, know ye not, that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servant ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Don't you know that the choice you make whether for God or Satan, the consequence follows. It is a choice. It's not God. God wants to save all, but not against our will. And those who will accept him, he sanctifies and chooses them to be saved. God knows. He is all-knowing. But his foreknowledge is not for election. Because he knows that you will hear the voice of Jesus Christ speaking to you. He knows you will accept the truth. He knows you will keep his commandment. You, he knows you will follow the truth. He knows that. But it doesn't mean he selected you. You have made a choice. All knowing God is not predestination. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 3 to 4. I'm taking my time here. Blessed be the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, 
according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So why is God calling us to come to Jesus? What is it? It's purposely for holiness and blamelessness. That is the standard of God. That is why he said in 1 Peter 1, 14 to 16, Be holy because I am holy. That is God's standard. That is his choice. That is what he wants everybody to be like. That is a predestined destiny. I mean, predestined choice, if you please. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. God wants to save you, but he doesn't want to force you to be saved. The choice is yours. He wishes that all will be adopted into the family of God, but he will never force anyone. Paul further explains that the adoption is based on faith in Jesus Christ. John 1.12 confirms it. Those who believe in him, they'll be given the privilege, the opportunity to be called the sons of God. God sends circumstances to save us, like you are listening to me now. And when you yield to his voice, he takes over by the power of the Holy Spirit and then transforms you. That is sanctification. If we are once saved, forever saved, then what is the meaning of 1 Corinthians chapter 6? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. My favorite Bible text. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicator. He said, be not deceived. Don't let anybody fool you that you can go to church and fornicate and expect to be saved. No idolaters, no adulterers, no effeminate, no abusers of themselves with mankind. Don't believe that because you go to church, you can be a homosexual or a lesbian and be saved. It doesn't work. No thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortionists shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, hallelujah, but you are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. In other words, you have been justified, you have been sanctified, now God is going to glorify you all by the power of the Holy Spirit based upon your choice. You are a Christian, you don't read the Bible, how can you change? You are a Christian, you don't listen to sermon, how can you change? You are interested in movies, how can you be saved? You are interested in people's husbands, how can you be saved? It doesn't work. One saved, forever saved, is the doctrine of the devil. What did Jesus mean when he said, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. What did Jesus say? Let me read to your hearing. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Very popular text. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, that's a choice. I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, that's a choice. You have to choose to overcome drinking and smoking and womanizing and menonizing. You have to choose to overcome. I will sit with him. He will sit with me in my throne, even as I have also overcame 